You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. Today, we're here with Joe Apfelbaum, and Joe is uh, founder and CEO of uh, Ajax Union. Now, you may think that CEO stands for Chief Executive Officer, but it does not. Joe is Chief Energy Officer. We're going to find out more today. Joe, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here, Bruce, and congratulations on this awesome podcast. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun, and it's it's great because I get to spend some time with people like you who have uh, great stories, great energy, great things to say. Um, so I always love to start with just kind of getting to know the person. Um, you know, we've known each other through EO for, for quite some time, but for the, per- for the guests here... Uh, why don't you give people a sense of your personal background, a little bit about the business? How did you get to where you are today? So my name is Joe Applebaum. The name of our company is Ajax Union. We are a B2B digital marketing agency based in New York. So we help service-based businesses and business-to-business manufacturing companies and product businesses that are specifically selling to other businesses and have a high-value product that have a sales team and that have a marketing team and they need something called sales enablement. They need lead generation. They need lead nurturing yeah. and funnel development. So most people that running their businesses and they're somewhat successful, they usually have the bottom of the funnel built out. They yeah. just have the bottom of the funnel built out where people that are ready to buy, they come to them. But all those leads that they're getting with people that are not ready to buy but need to be nurtured, those leads are not being developed properly. Yeah. They're missing out tons of opportunities. So we developed the education-based marketing on the top to get people to know you, the trust-based marketing in the middle of the funnel to get people to trust you, and then finally get them to like you and buy from you. So we have this whole digital marketing strategy that has three steps process, strategy, assets, execution, and we run it and we execute it for our B2B clients, but we didn't start awesome. that way. We yeah. didn't start that yeah. way. Where did you I start? I had a dream. I never understood the word entrepreneur. I never really got yeah. it. Never like was something that was in my like purview. I, I studied to be a rabbi and then I got interested in computers. Once I graduated as a rabbi, I said, you know what? Let me go do this rabbi thing. I tried it out and I was so infatuated by computers. I said, I'm going to do technology <laughs> instead. So I became a rabbi at a technology place called askmoses.com. It turns out people started paying me to do websites, paying me to fix their computers. So I started a bunch of side hustles that led me into if you build it, they will come. Yeah. You know that saying? If you build it, oh, they will yeah. come. I built it for people. People didn't come. So I ended up having to market it. I became an SEO expert. And then eventually when I found my partner, we said I came up with this idea to do SEO for small businesses when SEO was hot. Mm-hmm. And I tested it out with a bunch of clients. They loved it. And we were able to service over 1,100 clients, be one of the fastest growing companies in America, and scale up this business to 75 full-time people at its peak. And at some point I realized when you're servicing businesses, 96%, we know this as EO members, 96% of businesses are doing less than a million dollars in annual sales. And that was my client base, right? We were servicing small businesses that wanted SEO just to be able to get to the top of Google. And we got people to the top of Google. The problem was they were still going out of business every few years. Yeah. Most of my client base would be out of business. So what, what, what was yeah. I supposed to do? So I had to change my whole business model. I scaled down my employee base. Sometimes you got to scale down to scale up. Yep. And what we decided to do is to focus on larger companies, larger retainers, more mid-sized companies that could afford a few thousand dollars a month instead of a few hundred dollars a month. And then we went deep servicing just a handful of clients and we completely changed our business. We moved from Flatbush Industry City and we just moved to Dumbo. And what I discovered recently, Mm -hmm. what I discovered recently 
was that LinkedIn is the new SEO. Because yeah. since Microsoft paid $26 billion for LinkedIn, they're changing it from just being an HR play where traditionally LinkedIn made all its money off human resources, yeah. off ads, off things like that. Now it's gonna become a content marketing play. They introduced articles a few years ago. Yeah. They introduced video over the past year. They introduced the influencer platform, the authority platform. Posts are now 1,300 words. You can have images on there. It's very, very powerful. And the analytics you get is super, super great. And with Sales Navigator, which is a brand new thing that they launched just not too long ago, it's really, really powerful the way that you could drill down, do your research, and be able to become an influencer and an authority. So now we're offering the LinkedIn Authority Blueprint to businesses, and we're kind of doing what we did back in the day, mm -hmm. but we're doing it to the next level with a specific marketing strategy. Because when I started my business, I didn't understand marketing strategy. Yeah. I was an execution guy. I went over to Dave Kirpin when I met him. When I met him. <laughs> When I met Dave Kirpin for the first time, and by the way, I learned a lot of stuff from entrepreneurs organizations. So let me tell you, when I was there, I remember if you met me the first time I walked in, but I was 265 pounds. <laughs> I do remember this, yeah. I was completely unaware. I was yeah. busy trying to get more clients and more clients and more clients and more clients. And David Kirpin saw me, he had 50 employees. I had 75 employees and he's like, how you doing? And he had a healthy bottom line. And I just had a healthy top line, yeah. you know, as you can say, physically and in business. <laughs> and we were having a conversation and I said, how many clients do you have? And he said, 40. And I said, what do you mean? I've serviced over yeah. 1,100 clients. And he's like, you're nuts. Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. And he introduced me to somebody in his board of, on, on his board, on his advisory board that trains 700 agencies a year to teach people how to properly create an agency. So I went to this guy's seminar. I met with him. He was a coach. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing that coaches actually have value. I was always <laughs> the smartest person in the room. And the dumbest CEOs are the ones that want to be the smartest ones in the room. And I was that dumb CEO that wanted to be the smartest person in the room. Now I'm the dumbest person in the room and I hire people that are smarter than me and I learn from coaches and I learn from consultants and I learn from therapists because I yeah. learned how to think and grow rich. I learned how to truly become wealthy, not just having money because I made it with the money part, but I didn't have the health. Yeah. I didn't enjoy my business. I was not a thought leader. I was watching all these people with books and podcasts and everything. Yeah. And I was too shy and too scared and I called myself a private person. So to get where I am today, when you see this mojo flowing off the screen or yeah. it flowing into your ears, this energy, this enthusiasm, this freedom, this power came from me, not just working on my business, but working yeah. on myself. And now I'm able to deliver this to other people and be able to give them the freedom, to be yeah. able to give them the power that they need to be able to become an authority, not just in their business and in their industry, but also in their own life. Yeah, and so I, I love the idea that you have to become kind of the, the dumbest person in the room or you have to surround yourself by much smarter people than you if you're gonna be successful, if you're gonna get to the next level, if you're gonna grow and scale the business. And this idea of growing and scaling yourself, I'm always curious, what did you have to give up? Like when you when you went through that process, what were the things that you had to let go of to sort of give up in terms of your thinking or your habits or behavior that allowed you to then make that next step? Because I think a lot of the times what I see people, people struggling with, it's not about what do I need to add? What more do I need to do? But what do I need to stop doing? What are the things that you needed to stop doing? Number one, I needed to stop saying things, saying things like, I know that already. I know that already. Because I was the guy who was the master ideator that knew everything. I have all the ideas. I'm smarter than everybody else. 
I know that already is the death of the entrepreneur. Because if yeah. you say I know that already, you're closed minded. You have a fixed mindset. You got to have a growth mindset. And no matter how many times you hear Jack Daly yell at you <laughs> or any other speaker, you have to listen intently. Now, when I say be the smartest person in the room, that doesn't mean hire somebody that has a PhD in mathematical neuroscience, which, by the way, yeah. I hired. She runs, she runs my company. She actually has a PhD in artificial intelligence, and she's the one that created the systems and processes. Uh, she's the one that implemented traction in our company. She yeah. read the book once, she implemented yeah. traction. Yeah. You know, so for me, yes, hiring the smartest people, in the, but at the same time, I still hire interns, and yeah. I still hire people, and I believe that with the growth mindset of eliminating the word of I know that already, and really hearing every single person yeah. out, become the dumbest person in the room. Don't say, oh, because this person comes from a background and is not as sharp as me or as witty as me. Find out how they are smarter than you. Every yeah. person is a little bit smarter than you, whether they're a cashier, mm -hmm. whether they're the president of a company, whether they are a person who's stocking your, if you have products and they're stocking shelves, they have something smart to share. Maybe they don't have the self-confidence to show you that yeah. because you haven't built them up to the degree where they can give you the value that you need to be able to really scale your service business. So you have to become the dumbest person, and that means you got to stop saying, I know that already. That was really, really big for me. I, and I like that because it's, it has actually puts a little twist on it. It's not so much about being the dumbest person in the room. It's, it's appreciating that if, if you really want to grow and scale, you have to be open to new ideas. You have to be open to new ways of thinking, and you have to surround yourself with diversity, You know, whether it's diversity of background, experience, culture, thinking, style, like all those things, they, they're going to add to the perspective. They're going to add to the options that you have on the table. So, you know, dumb, you know, dumb, not necessarily in intelligence side, but be curious and be open to surrounding yourself with lots of different things, because that's going to give you more kind of more capability and more possibility, which is what you need to be able to scale. And to be able to learn, you need the opposite. So, yeah. some, so like if you want to become a person who, who learns skills, right, yeah. the skills of a, a computer programmer or the skills of SEO or the skills of web design, often you have to basically block out trying to hear everybody else's opinions and you got to just focus on doing, doing, practicing, doing, doing, doing. So you need to act like the smartest person and just figure it out and troubleshoot that. So and, and you can't keep hearing everything else. You got to just kind of go on an information diet and focus. So to be a leader, it's a little bit different. You got to open up your mind yeah. and hear everybody's opinions. But I wasn't that leader always. I was more of the doer. And that was the difference between Ajax Union and my other seven businesses that I had to close down to run Ajax Union. It's because I had to go from being the doer to the yeah. delegator, to yeah. being the person who was the self-employed yeah. person to the person who had employees and needed to learn how to trust, how to have the right strategy, how to create the right systems. I In 2013, my eyes opened up <laughs> and I wrote down this quote. I said, micromanage the process, not the people. And I was featured on Inc. Magazine next it. to the likes of, of Warren Buffett with his quotes and with Steve Jobs. They put me there as that quote. I was like, oh my God, that was crazy. I love it. And that's when I started getting confidence in putting my own thoughts out there and writing my own articles and having the courage of sharing my ideas publicly because till then I was like, everyone already said this. Like, I don't need to say this again in a yeah. different way in my own style. But the reality is if you're a 
if you're a thought leader, if you lead with your thoughts, some mm -hmm. people hate the word thought leader because they're so smart, because yeah. they're so busy doing instead of leading. The key is to be able to lead and lead yourself first. So that's, you know, that's another idea of me taking myself. To yeah, the the, to talk, let's talk about that because I think that's a really interesting one. And I think, you know, you've got a great story around this is, is but what was that transformation for you like in terms of going from, you know, trying to lead other people or lead the business or lead sort of external things to really taking a look internally? And, and how do you lead yourself? And what were the kind of questions you started asking and what the initiatives and kind of what, what did you end up doing? How did that change your life? So if you follow your feelings, your feelings will give you a hint as to what's going on in your life. So the key is to really follow how you feel. And I if I really asked myself how I felt at that yeah. point in my life, I felt trapped. Yeah. I felt stuck. I felt frustrated. I felt lost. I felt bored. I felt lonely. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't making my ultimate contribution. And often entrepreneurs, they have all the seven stages. Yeah. I, I wrote a book called Average Joe to CEO, Seven Stages, Seven Figures. And during the process, I figured out there are seven actual stages that I had to go through in order to go from Average Joe to CEO. And the one that most entrepreneurs that are successful, that are over a yeah. million dollars in annual sales, they lack purpose. Many times yeah. they lack purpose in their heart. They got to a place and I was that person. I lacked major purpose in my life. My purpose was to make money, which yeah. is not a purpose because you're not always going to be able to make money. I have, if, I, if you have a bottom line purpose, I believe that's not a real purpose. It has to be bigger than you. It has to be able to be massive. So I had to really inspect myself and yeah. by speaking to coaches, by going to seminars, by reading books, and most importantly, by journaling, writing my thoughts down and asking myself, how do I feel right now? That was a game changer because I never journaled. I wasn't a writer. I, yeah. You know what I used to say about writing? I used to say, I hire writers. <laughs> I am not a writer. I have a dozen writers that work for me, but I don't write. So yeah, that, that sounds like a self-limiting belief right there. <laughs> exactly. But when I started journaling and writing my, yeah. all my self-limiting beliefs down, and they, as a result of that, I had certain self-limiting feelings. Yeah. And those feelings that I had, you know, feelings are just temporary. Feelings are state of being at right now. How are you feeling now? Not how do you feel as a human being, yeah. but how are you feeling right now? Because your feeling changes based on your circumstance, based on your thoughts, based on your actions, based on your focus, based on your language. Mm -hmm. You get feelings that feel different. And the question is, how do you want to be feeling? Do you want to be, as Tony Robbins puts it, in a beautiful state? And if yeah. you want to be in a beautiful state and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you don't want to be in a grumpy state. You don't want to be in a crappy state. You don't want to be a bored state, a lonely state, a low vibration state. You want to get into a higher vibration state. You want to get into joy, into playfulness, into freedom, into power, into vitality, <laughs> into what I call motivation, yeah. to get your mojo out there and to really be able to make that impact in the world, in your family. But you have to, I had to get to a place called getting complete with me. Yeah. Here, this is very, very important. Yeah. Getting complete with me was probably the most important thing that I had to do in order to break free from the cage that I put myself in, the cage that society put me in, and I allowed them to continue to keep me in this little confined cage. And when I got out of the cage, when I opened the door and I saw how much light was available outside and I allowed the light to flow through me and I stopped limiting, I stopped closing my heart, yeah. I stopped running away from myself, yeah. I stopped being that private person and instead started sharing my stories with authenticity and power and freedom, my life completely changed. I'm curious if that was like a, a instantaneous transformation for you. And, you know, one, the second before you were in the box and the second after you're after, 
out of the box or is this a, is this an ongoing process and ongoing? Yeah. Okay. So t- yeah, it's a complete and total continuum. It's kind of like, you know, back in the day they used to, they used to cut rocks, right? They used to cut rocks and yeah. the way that would cut rocks is they would use a pick, a pick and they would use a really heavy piece of metal or a hammer and they would pit or they use another rock yeah. and they would basically pick at the rock. And somebody once walked over to a person trying to cut a massive rock and he said, how many bangs? I'm writing a book on breaking rocks. How many <laughs> bangs does it take to break the rock? Yeah. And he's like, I've been breaking rocks for the past 30 years. I've been cutting rocks for the past 30 years. It takes somewhere between 1,000 bangs and 10,000 bangs to break the rock. And that's how long it takes for you to get the epiphany. Once you get that epiphany, you can't unsee that. Once you see that, you yeah. can't unsee it. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't see it, you're not aware. It takes you banging the rock and reading books like How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. reading books like The Untethered Soul, reading Wonderful. books like yeah. How to Win Friends and, and, and like How to Think and Grow Rich and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and The Miracle Morning and like, or, or reading my book, High Energy Secrets. Yeah. Really, really taking it in, really taking it in and soaking it in yeah. and allowing it to permeate you. And that first thing that I said about eliminating the word of I know that already instead of am I doing it, saying am I doing yeah. that? And if you're not doing it, you're not living it. And if you're not living it, you're not going to be complete and you're not going to feel the feelings that are higher vibration feelings that make you feel more alive and that allow you to stay conscious. So, uh, so how do you do it? So I think that one, one thing that I, I find with a lot of people that I work with is, yeah, they, they have, they know all this stuff. I mean, that, like, there's, there's, they're not unaware, they're not uneducated on these things, but they struggle with actually taking action of moving into a state of doing. What, what are some of the techniques that you, you have used or what are the sort of thinking that you have used to kind of move into that state of doing? Teaching. Teaching. If you are not teaching other people, if you know everything and you have the secrets, the keys to success, and you are not, I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about teaching because when you teach, you end up having to live it as an example. I cannot, I cannot sit in my house as a couch potato and eat total shit and not drink water. And I used to drink six snapples a day. I can't sit there like a couch potato drinking sugar and watching Netflix. Netflix if I'm going to preach this stuff of what I'm doing. So the fact that I'm teaching allows me to stay in this purpose. And now my purpose is to help 1,000 hungry entrepreneurs go from frustration to motivation. And right now I have 600 in my motivation group that are engaged and that are happy. And I started this year. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, when did you start? This was earlier this year, right? Yeah. Amazing. I like that idea that it's um, the, the way to move into that state of action is to start engaging other people around the idea to start helping people with the knowledge, with the skill that you have, um, helping them apply it, helping them live it. Yeah. If you want something, go give somebody else what you want. I always tell people, if you want more money, you know what you can do? Make uh, other people money. How did Warren Buffett become the wealthiest person arguably or yeah. not arguably in the world or one of the top 10 wealthiest people in the world. How did he do it? He went and found other people how to make them money. Yeah. And he went with, with Lunger, with all his people and he went to help other people make more money. If you want ungodly amounts of money, help other people make ungodly amounts of money. If you want more happiness, help other people find happiness. If you want a better yeah. fit body, Help other people get their body better fit. And guess what you're going to have to do along the way? Yep. 
there's just kind of an aside here because I think that one of the things that uh, comes up a lot in kind of this whole kind of how do I, you know, from a professional services point of view is we talk about pricing, we talk about how do I, you know, how do I come up with my fees, how do I figure out my, you know, my different uh, levels. One of the ideas that I like to suggest to folks is that it's not about a cost side. Like you, you can look at the cost, the time, the energy that you put into something. Instead, you know, I say, look at the value that you create and your pricing should be somewhere between 10 and 20% of the value that you're creating for your client. So if you're creating for your client $100,000 of value, you should be able to price that at about ten dollars to $20,000. And it's that idea of like, if you wanna make money, if you wanna charge someone $10,000, $20,000, go show them how to make $100,000, $200,000. And that's the way you're gonna end up making money for yourself. 100%, and the reason why I charge, in our business we charge $180,000 a year, our average client pays $180,000. The, the reason we're able to charge that is because we're working with companies that are 10 to $100 million in annual yeah. sales. Yeah. And we're able to produce for them millions of dollars in new revenue. So it makes sense for them to make this type of investment because of the ROI that they're getting. Now, with the LinkedIn authority blueprint that we're launching, we're going to be working with entrepreneurs, with people that want to be yeah. authorities in their industry. And for that, the value you're going to get is you're probably going to get a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of referrals over the next year by doing that. So for that, we're going to charge ten percent of that. So a hundred percent, yes. Yeah. You need to charge ten to twenty percent of the value that you're going to be giving. So people saying, "Wow, I'm going to get a ten x ROI." Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a no brainer. Exactly. Yeah. So, so talk to me more about the LinkedIn, uh, the blueprint, because I think I've, I've played with LinkedIn, you know, for probably five, maybe ten years now in different ways, and I have certainly noticed that things have changed. I mean, the, the platform has changed. The some of the dynamics, the content, the media on there has changed. What, what did you really notice about the, the shifts um, and then sort of your decision to focus on LinkedIn as a platform and then some of the blueprint stuff you're doing? Give us some insight there. So there are four different stages that people are in when it comes to using LinkedIn. Now, the reason we focused on LinkedIn is because we decided to go all in on B2B. And yeah. while going all in on B2B, we started focusing a lot heavily on LinkedIn for our clients. And we started getting some really, really great results, making our clients authorities on LinkedIn yeah. by using posts and articles and media and all that stuff. And what we found is there are four types of entrepreneurs, four types of sales directors, four types of marketing professionals or coaches or people nope. that are on LinkedIn. There's the person who's a techophobe. He's on the bottom. He doesn't know what his password is. He doesn't know how to <laughs> log in. He, okay. didn't, he didn't update his profile photo. He's in debt because he doesn't have his bank password either. Yeah. He's totally lost. He's calling his nephew to try to get him his password. And his yeah. nephew's not picking up because he's annoying. And so he's totally stuck on the bottom. And he's never he's not a person that we're going to be able to really help, but he yeah. needs to get a little more education, a little more awareness, and a little more self-motivation. Maybe he needs some therapy, maybe he needs a coach, yeah, yeah. and so on. That's what he needs on the bottom. Then there's the person all the way on the top. That person is the influencer. Yeah. They are consistent, they have a team, they're executing, they're coming out with an article every single month. They're posting an image every Monday. They have a calendar of what they need to do. They already have 10,000 followers on LinkedIn, and they're executing like crazy, and they built a whole business, and they're doing really well. They're probably taking home over 25 $5,000 a month and they're doing really, really well in their own personal income, their problem is they need to monetize their influence to the next level, yeah. get bigger speaking gigs and all that. That's not a person that we're looking to help either. What we're looking to help is the people in the middle. There's mm -hmm. the person who is kind of the dabbler, which is right under the, the influencer, mm -hmm. and the person right below the dabbler, he's more of the lurker. So now the lurker, the lurker likes like to it. watch. He, yeah. He's uncertain about 
what he's going to be delivering in terms of like, he's already a great advisor. He yeah. knows his stuff. He knows how to use LinkedIn. He's like uncertain about what to post. What he needs is a marketing strategy, a step-by-step -step marketing strategy that will enable this person to identify, number one is what is your goals? What, who is your target market? What is the value you're adding? What is their message? He needs that all ironed out with a step-by-step -step blueprint that will help him be able to get to the next level. And the dabbler, the dabbler knows what to do. They know what to post. The thing is they go in once in a while when they have time <laughs> yeah. and they'll post a random article. And I see a lot of dabblers on LinkedIn because they'll post an article once a year, once once every six months, they'll get an attack and for 10 days straight, they're on LinkedIn commenting and liking, whoa, 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 yeah. but they're not consistent. Yeah. And what they need is a team to help them with consistency. Yeah. Sure, they, they have a strategy in their head, but they want a documented strategy. So they actually need a team. So we help the lurkers and the dabblers become influencers. And that's really the process. And how we do it is our three-step process. The first step is a marketing strategy, which includes your goals, mm -hmm. which includes your your strategy, your, your, your target market and your value proposition and specifically your messaging to that target market. That's your Got marketing it. strategy. The second one is your asset library. Most people don't have an asset library. We help you create that asset library. It's a combination of all your posts that you're going to be posting, Got it. your articles, your evergreen articles that will last forever, mm -hmm. and then your media, which includes your video, your images, your audio, and getting all that organized into a library and then the third step is active promotion, which includes a schedule of when you're going to be posting what and, you know, like ideally what's going to be going out when organized in like a Gantt chart or we call it the blueprint and yeah. then actual posting with a checklist of how to post. If you have a VA doing it or you have us doing it for you, exactly what's going to be included in each post, the hashtags you're going to be using and so on and so forth. And then the last part is reporting to make sure that, you know, you can improve what you don't measure. So yeah. if you, you have to know what you're measuring and are you getting influence? Are people reaching out to you? Are people watching? Are your profile views increasing? And our first step is to kind of have a strategy session with somebody. It's a 90 minute strategy session mm -hmm. where we learn all about you, all about your business. We ask you all your questions. We ask you to fill out a questionnaire. It's very organized. Once we take you through the 90 minute strategy process, we spend about two weeks optimizing your profile, creating a dashboard blueprint for you with all your connections and how to connect with people and all that stuff and exactly your step-by-step -step blueprint that you need. And then we do, after two weeks, we do a 45-minute review call with you. We kind of review the whole blueprint and this way you can either execute it, but if you're a dabbler, you probably want to get us yeah. to execute it for you. And then we do a 90-day campaign where on a daily basis we're executing the blueprint for you, which is writing three articles and posting every single day and getting those images created and maybe video or audio based on your your uh, strategy session we record the whole strategy session audio video so you have the whole strategy session it's yours Love it, yeah. even if you decide not to use us you can take that strategy session and the blueprint and hand it off to your team and have them execute so this is like a no-brainer for somebody who wants to become an authority on linkedin when you look at the results because i'm always curious about that I, I i see you know various strategies for content development things like that how do you turn all that activity into actual sort of results from a, a business lead generation point of view. Very simple. If you have a goal, if you have a goal, a very specific goal, and mm -hmm. your goal is not clear, you're not going to be able to get results. So if your goal is to get more calls from people, we help you be able to optimize your profile in a way where people can set up a call with you, either through Calendly or however it is. 
you if you don't have a target market and you're not connecting with the right people and saying the right messages that will trigger those people, yeah. you're not going to be able to get them to contact you. So you could see and also call to actions. So we specifically put call to actions that will be aligned with your goal and then you see those leads coming in. And chances are, if you're in a service-based business or you're doing products and you wanna become an authority, you probably will make over $100,000 in new referral income from this specific plan just from the first 90 days of work. Yeah. But you know, it's because people are not doing it. If the average CEO has 930 connections on LinkedIn, but the average person is not updating their LinkedIn at all. So if yeah. you are and you have a thousand connections, you are the one of the only people that are gonna be an authority for your own sphere of influence. Yeah. Imagine you have a thousand people. I, you know what I always tell people? Instead of having one viral video that gets a million views, I would rather a thousand people see me a thousand times. Wouldn't you rather have a oh, thousand yeah. people? So if yeah. you have a thousand connections, you want those thousand connections to see you a thousand times. That's how you become an authority, not by getting one video to get a million views. A thousand times a thousand is much better than a million. And do you think, I mean, I, it's kind of this, uh, you know, there's various kind of marketing heuristics or, or uh, maxims out there around, you know, it takes X number of touches or X number of views or X number of calls or emails or whatever before someone actually takes action. Is this part of the game here? Like we need to have continuous kind of touching points. It's all points. about consistency. Yeah. I, heard, I heard a speaker say yesterday, he said, he said, in order for people to trust you, they have to trust your consistency. So if they see that you're consistent, they end up trusting you as a consistent person because that you see that you're there consistently. Dude, people trust me and they hire me because of my consistency. Every Sunday for the past 200 weeks, I've been sending an email. And more, yeah. like at least two or three times a month, I get a really big opportunity from the email that I've been sending consistently for 200 weeks, over 220 weeks I've been sending this email out. Yeah. So people trust that consistency. Yeah, uh, that's an important point because I think people, it's easy for people to go, I mean, it's like going to the gym. <laughs> like people, it's easy for people to go for a week or two weeks, but you know, going every day for an extended period of time, or even just once a week for an extended period of time, is much harder. You know. Pack. So I always say, if you have a few hundred dollars to spare, get somebody to do it for you. The same thing with clearing up your clutter. If you have a few hundred dollars, get yeah. somebody to clear up your clutter. If you have a few hundred dollars, get somebody to manage your LinkedIn for you. We can do it for you for a few hundred dollars. Yeah. We have a very systematic way of doing it now, and we have a very specific target market that we're going after. People who want to say a hell yeah to the plan versus doing. We're not desperate for it. We have a waiting list. So if you're interested in finding out more information about it, you yeah. can email me joe at ajaxunion.com and let me know that you're interested in it. Perfect. For for me it's all about adding massive value. If I can like you said 10 times value, I want to add 10 to 100 times more value to somebody that's engaging with me even if it's in this podcast and somebody yeah. listens to this and now they have yeah. a, a strategy. But what I'm most passionate about is telling people my story about how I lost 95 pounds and I wrote a whole book about it. So if there's one thing that you can take away from this podcast, yeah. it's high energy secrets. And I give you the step-by-step -step process. I was talking to Raj, you know, I know him well. Raj, he's, he's an amazing guy. And he came to my house and we sat down and he's like, Joe, how did you do it? And I said, I wrote down 90 pages. It's ADD friendly. And I basically told him, there are very specific I keys. It. I said, how much water did you drink today? He said, not enough. I said, are you eating bread, sugar, rice, potatoes, pasta, flour? Yes. Yeah, you got to cut that out. That creates fat in your body. Yeah. And I, I said, do you have electrolytes? He's like, but I don't have energy. I said, energy is about electrolytes. Do you have mm. enough water and enough electrolytes? He's like, what's an electrolyte? He's like, I said, most people don't know. I didn't know. I thought electrolytes was Powerade. No, Powerade sugar. Yes, exactly. What you want to do is figure out what that stuff is. And I write about it in the book and I teach you how to fast. I teach you how to do all the oh, things. interesting. Energy yeah. doesn't come from food. Energy comes from your cells, and if your cells are clean and they have water and they yeah. have 
and they are able to eliminate waste and they have oxygen because you need oxygen, that's what will give you the energy. Dude, I haven't eaten anything yet today and I'm freaking fired up. Yeah. Ah, I love it. And it's early. We're, we're recording this quite early in the morning. So so the book is on Amazon or how do I get a copy of the book? It's, yeah, Amazon.com. You'd search High Energy Secrets or you just search Joe Applebaum. Brandon Webb wrote a book that has me in it as well. So buy Brandon Webb's book as well. Awesome. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a links to those on the show notes. I'll get your email there in the show notes. Um, so as just kind of a, a, a last question. So what are the what is like one thing that most people get wrong when they go to either, you know, do marketing in general or LinkedIn specifically? specifically and uh, you know think thing that they should think twice before doing number one is if you're not going to be consistent don't do it don't just randomly post something just to post yeah. be consistent have a plan you know like for example I'm doing the 10 day going deep challenge or 10 minutes a day you go deep with 10 people and Ooh. so it's 10 minutes a day you find a person you go deep with them 10 minutes and I, I wrote a whole article about it or 10 tips in 10 days Try to do something for a sustained period of time instead of doing something just one time and forgetting about it. Do something for it. Like, you know, Tony Robbins at the end of his thing talks about a 10 day challenge or you know, yeah. there's so many influencers that are talking about doing, do something for 10 days. Try to do something for 10 days. See, you know, because by day three, day four, you're sick of it. You want to stop <laughs> doing it, even if it was your idea. But if you can do something for 10 days, then you can do it for another 10 days and then you can do it for another 10 days and eventually it becomes a habit. And then a habit is just part of your DNA. It's your programming. You don't have to think about it. So yeah. create habits and you'll have a better life. Joe, this has been awesome. I am fired up. I'm ready for my day. Uh, I, I thank you so much for the time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my gosh. I had such a blast. And remember, get motivated. motivated. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.